Welcome, everybody. Kevin Cole here, host of the Unexpected Points podcast. I'll say it like uh, the Ohio State here as part of the introductions. I guess I could do one of those. Uh, remember the Jamal Williams introduction during that? I guess it was for the Green Bay game in week 18 where I don't know, a bunch of mumbo jumbo was coming out there. I'll have to implement that perhaps the next time around. Okay, so what do we have here? We have a pretty interesting week, quite honestly. Normally, this is a little bit of a lull here in the between Super Bowl week. Uh, I'm not talking about the Pro Bowl either. <laughs> I'm not talking about the interesting things that will be going on with the, the dodgeball competition for the Pro Bowl. Thank God I've uh, recently been a convert to a lifelong international soccer fan, so I can watch that this weekend rather than see what's going on um, with the flag football version of the Pro Bowl, which who knows, maybe it'll be, maybe it'll be good. Um, Tyler Huntley is good to earn, earn some bucks out there. Props to him. Um, no, so I'm not going to be talking about that. But we did have some pretty major news here. Um, just to give you a bit of a gist of what I have written out here that we could talk about. Brady retirement, not a whole lot interesting to say there, but I am going to revisit some stuff I talked about in the QB GOAT series where I went over the most statistically valuable quarterbacks of all time. And I'm probably going to revisit that this, this summer, uh, putting out posts on all, on all of that update, the methodology, all this sort of stuff. Um, maybe a little bit of a Rogers update. I've already talked about that a decent amount. And again, that's just like, I'll believe it when I see it for him coaching hires. We have Sean Payton. We have D'Amico Ryans. We'll talk about that coordinators. Eh, you know, I'm a little bit less interested in talking about that than other people. For me, it's mostly just, you know, the shrug, when it comes to these different coordinators coming in and out, what will end up happening with those? Everyone's going to have a take on what's going to happen there. Uh, free agency is around the corner. Uh, PFF put out a free agency piece yesterday. And of course, Twitter being what Twitter is, when I put out a snarky thing, you know, I should never put out the snarky thing um, of making fun of the Geno Smith right up in there. Because in my opinion, it was far, far, far too generous in terms of the projected contract for Geno Smith and even some of the the write-up around it. And, you know, a friend of the friend of the show, PFF Brad, Brad Spielberger, saw that. He kind of thought that I was, you know, it, when I said my joke that it was written by Gino's agent, um, maybe thought that I that I was saying that he was being influenced by the agency side of thing, which is funny because, you know, I guess I didn't even think about the fact that that is a complaint about PFF. PFF does work with different agencies. So maybe there's a little bit of a conflict of interest there. I don't know, but I wasn't actually even implying that for this particular thing. I just thought it was funny. I just thought he was way off. I mean, the Daniel Jones deal that he has in there too is like extremely high, uh, maybe closer to what's possibility because of the fact that he's a younger guy, but I'll talk about some of the free agency stuff when it comes to Lamar. Cause I put out an article on that today, Gino, some of the other players, some of the plans for what I have next week. Uh, and then we'll get to the questions. I have a handful of questions that were submitted by paid subscribers to a post earlier this week. So those get priority. And then any additional questions that flow across here in the chat, uh, maybe even Mark Q and a on in the chat, if you have a question for me, and I'm going to, I'm going to get to that, but it's not going to be for a bit. So, you know, don't think that I'm going to hop right on and start answering those questions. I'm going to have my uh, monologue here for a while on the happenings in the NFL. Now, before I even get to that, <laughs> too many befores here. Um, I will say for those of you who are listening to this on the podcast version of it, yeah, this is 
they this is a premium pod, meaning at some point in this, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna tailor down, it's gonna cut off a little bit here. Um, and if you want to get the whole thing, you have to be subscribed. I am thinking about, though I have not decided and willing to take input from anyone on this here. I am thinking about potentially making even the interview pods a premium and free version where, you know, maybe like half of the interview is free before it trails off. And then you have to sign up premium to get the rest of it. It would still come with the same disclaimer or I don't have a disclaimer, same offer that I have um, when this one trails off is that, you know, anyone having any sort of financial issues or anything like that, I'm more than happy to comp people a six month free sub if they want that. And then, you know, six months from now, we can decide, do you want another free six months or do we want to, you know, drop out altogether or do you want to, you know, be, become a member? become a member here, uh, a paid member here. I, I'm willing to, to give that to anyone. Just trying to think of the best way to, you know, figure out compensation to work because it's not the podcast, the interviews. It doesn't take a ton of work because I wing it a lot, honestly, when it comes to questions and conversations and I'm talking to people who I know, but still, you got to set it up. You got to spend the time doing it. You got to edit it. You got to post it onto YouTube. You got to do all that stuff. So I, I may transition a bit there. If I, especially if I'm going to start doing more podcasting and more interviewing there, I may transition to a free slash paid model there uh, with everything still being, at least for the, for the time being, no matter what, everything will still be for free on YouTube because I kind of want to pump up the YouTube numbers a little bit too because um, if I can pump that up, I think that actually might be a better way of finding more of an audience is by distributing that a lot of people find things via youtube versus you know shares are just not a big thing for podcasts click through are just not a big thing for podcasts it's amazing like when i put out a podcast that gets shared a lot i'm trying to think of one um ted knutson who i talked to a few weeks back the founder of stats bomb that one got shared a bunch i got a bunch of retweets you know, it's it just the people, the amount of people who click through to a podcast episode, knowing the time commitment that's going to come from that, knowing you have to have like an audio feed as opposed to just glancing through an article. I mean, it's okay, but it's just not that great. It's nothing compared to the articles that I post on Twitter, which often, depending upon the subject matter, can get, you know, 500, 1,000, 1,500, 2,000 click throughs. Uh, that you'll see in the Twitter analytics. It's just nothing close to that when it comes to to podcasting. So anyway, to tr try to pump up the YouTube channel too. So if you're watching this on YouTube currently, thank you. If you're not, you know, go over to YouTube, find unexpected points there. I'll post it in the Substack write-up and subscribe to that there. And then you'll at least make sure you're always going to be getting 100% of the episode, whether you have a free subscription or a paid subscription to the newsletter. All right, let's get into what is happening this week. Um, Brady retirement. Let's start there. The goat is out. Goat out. Um, for real this time. Uh, and it makes sense that it would be for real this time. I was having trouble figuring out, other than from a PR standpoint, teams wanting to sign him, how this could all work out well for him if he was going to leave Tampa Bay. I mean, if he's going to leave that NFC South, which is for the taking, right? Um, I mean, probably had the best Super Bowl chance is just staying with Tampa Bay and figuring out some way of using, you know, duct tape and glue and 
um, whatever you can find to put things back together in Tampa Bay, uh, push out cap hits into the future, restructure a bunch, and then take another shot with the NFC getting weaker, especially weaker if, if Aaron Rodgers decides to you know, take off and go to the AFC. So I think that would have been his best chance, honestly. So moving to Las Vegas or San Francisco, San Francisco would have been, would have been probably the best option for him. Um, but again, San Francisco, like why do, why would they want to pay a bunch of money if they have Brock Purdy, who's been okay, uh, major surgery coming, but has been okay on a seventh round contract and you have three first round picks invested in Trey Lance. Um, it would have given us a really good idea of Shanahan's level of confidence in Lance, which I think has been questionable at best, uh, right now, knowing that he's fully healthy, you've invested three first round picks in him and you would have brought in Tom Brady, which would have blown through the third year of Lance's rookie contract. That would have been a big sign. That would have been a big sign there, but they say they are not keeping Jimmy Garoppolo. So, so he is gone. Um, if you watch the QB goat series I had during not watch, well, I guess you could have watched on YouTube, watched or listened to the QB goat series that I had. I had a series. And again, I'm going to reprise this later on this year. I had a series looking at all the different quarterbacks in NFL history in the modern era, which by modern era, I'm going back pretty far. I'm talking about in the mid forties is when the game resembled what we see to, to today in terms of the rules and, and everything else. Uh, looked at all the different quarterbacks there, tried to figure out how much value they were producing above a s- below average quarterback. So not like replacement level, not average, but a, a value above below above slightly below average and adjust it for how much volume they have, make adjustments for the peak play that they have over a three year period, getting extra weight. Uh, a peak player, Steve Young being the biggest one of having like a really, really, really strong peak, but then only having eight real seasons of play to go with for his career. And then also looking at the playoffs and how much they've added there. So Brady kind of came out as being a number one in the end there, spoiler alert, but it was pretty close with Peyton Manning, which is, which a lot of people would think, you know, they don't like to hear it. Um, I get it somewhat why people don't like to hear it. I think Brady is definitely done enough especially with having the last super bowl in tampa bay and two seasons in tampa bay especially last season where it was you know almost mvp type of quality for and pretty much was mvp quality that that you're seeing from from what he put up in those last couple of seasons um that was enough to really get over the hump but if you look at them if you compare Manning and Brady, and I talked a lot about this in the series, I, it is pretty interesting how we have maybe a little bit of historical revisionism, you could say, in how we look at the first half of Brady's career, which coincided with you know the first two thirds of Manning's career, let's say. So essentially from you know the 2000s versus the 2010 sort of era. I mean, it's shocking to me that Brady was named the all decade quarterback of the two thousands when he won three Super Bowls, when he was basically kind of like an average sort of quarterback, he got better after that. He had one really outstanding year MVP year in uh, 2007. He had the injury after that came back, had a pretty good year in 2009, but you know, Manning was just piling up top 
one, two, or three efficiency seasons, multiple MVP seasons, got his Super Bowl in that decade, too. His first Super Bowl, you know, when he still had a live arm and it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't that last Super Bowl that he got where he wasn't playing well. I mean, it was kind of like a no-brainer that Manning should have been the quarterback of the decade there. And uh, but Brady was actually got the first team there for the decade. So I you know, if you put the peak together where Manning probably has the best or second best peak in NFL history together with a fairly substantial career that didn't that did trail off when his neck fell apart. But Manning through midway through 2014, he was playing at an MVP level. And then something in the middle of the 2014 season is when he cliff dived because he just went from MVP in 2013, breaking all those records, MVP level the first half of 2014, uh, below average the second half of 2014, and then basically just going through the motions in 2015 and collecting uh, Von Miller delivered championship ring in that season. Um, but Brady, what he's done these last few years is really just pushed him over the top. And he, you know, he had a decline this year. There's been a lot of talk about him not being afraid of contact and those sorts of things. I don't know. I don't know what to make of that sort of stuff. I, I don't know why a 45 year old quarterback would suddenly decide that he's, he's scared of contact. I think it was more, he just can really, the, the pocket movement was compromised enough. And maybe the recovery was compromised enough that he just had me some issues. I mean, at a certain point, when you reach that age, we're talking about issues with with muscle mass, you know, bone mass, other things that you're able to even keep on your body. In addition to having the fast twitch type of fibers to make some of those um, some of those pocket movements that probably made it difficult for him. So I, I didn't really see a huge rebound for him next year. So it's probably good that that he's gone away here. It's unfortunate that it's part of the you know story from last season what happened, which now transfer transfers forward to this season. But of course, you know. Brady will get his retrospectives and everything else. He's already has the man in the arena retrospective that we'll all find out about there quickly on Aaron Rodgers, I mentioned this thing about Aaron Rodgers. I'm still in believe it when I see it mode. I know the Raiders are being talked about a lot. It sounds like Rodgers ruled out the possibility of the San Francisco 49ers who I don't believe would want to pay that much money anyway, necessarily when they have Lance and Purdy there. Um, maybe there are other places, but Rodgers kind of fits into the same boat that I was talking about with Brady, it's like, why would you want to come over to the AFC, to the AFC West, to be in the same division? And Russell Wilson's name doesn't quite mean what it used to, but still in the same division of Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, and Patrick Mahomes with a team that's defense stinks. Um, I don't know. I mean, I had the Packers as being borderline top 10 team by the end of the season once things started to come together. His chances of winning a Super Bowl are infinitely higher, not infinitely higher, are significantly higher staying with the Packers, I believe, than moving to another team, even though he'd have a much lower cap hit. I mean, you're going to have to rework things for the Packers. You're going to have to restructure his deal. You're going to have to pull the Drew Brees move where you're just hoping, you know, he retires and then everything falls apart when that ends up happening. But I, I don't know. I'm not a Jordan Love believer. So we'll, I'm still believe it when I see it camp as far as that is concerned. All right, let's talk coaching hires. Sean Payton, you know, you can check out my article that the fact that he would be a steal for a first-round pick, I still believe that. I think this is the ideal situation for the Broncos. I know there was talk that D'Amico Ryans was their number one guy. There was an NFL insider slap fight going on between Schefter and Rappaport about whether or not the – Broncos were attempting to woo D'Amico Ryans until the last minute. 
Um, and then I've seen some stuff out there as if that, if that is true, and I don't know, I probably lean Schefter most of the time, but you never know uh, on these situations. It did sound a little PR-ish, um, his, his take on that. Even if that is true, I don't think it really means it's bad process in any sort of way for the Broncos. I mean, you have one option, which is your option A. And if that was D'Amico Ryan's, you pursued it until it, it couldn't be pursued. And then your option B would be Sean Payton. And it's a very different option. It's a you know trade compensation you're going to have to give up. It's a ton of money you're going to have to pay him. It's a coach who had 15 years of head coaching experience versus one in D'Amico Ryans who has two years of coordinator experience. Basically, I'm trying to think, you know, he only has like three or four years of real coaching experience, D'Amico Ryans. So they're definitely on the opposite ends of the spectrum in that regard. Um, so maybe that would hint at some issues with process, but I, I think Peyton's the, the main guy. I mean, if, if we take trade compensation out of the equation and this analysis that I did, it looked at research by Andrew Healy, the Browns VP of strategy. Now the Browns did not hire a previous coach, but his research did show that most of the signal when it comes to performance to past performance, either as a coordinator or as head coach to future performance as a, as a head coach, there's basically no indication, no signal in your performance as a coordinator, but there was about 70% of your value translated over when you looked at how teams performed above expectation versus what they had done on a trailing three-year basis for every year. And, you know, Peyton did that. Peyton did that with Breeze. He did that without Breeze, not quite as well, um, but he still did that without Breeze. And a strong, he was able to piece together a strong running game with a very low A dot for some limited quarterbacks after Breeze left. Um, and that long, long track record, combined with the fact that there is signal here that he wasn't fired, right? And the other coaches that we've seen who have been traded in the past, Gruden, I don't know. Gruden kind of fell into a great situation with the Bucks, but talking about multiple first round picks for him in that situation. We're talking about Bill Parcells. No, was it Bill Parcells? Well, definitely Bill Belichick as someone who's come before. Parcells is definitely someone who has quit. I don't know if he was under contract or not. And then been successful in multiple multiple locations, you know, going to even even having success, not a lot of playoff success, but having success with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, continuing to be able to, to do that later in his career. So there is a track record of those guys who are not fired uh, being able to have success going forward. So that's why I would have put Peyton as being the number one guy, in addition to the fact that I think Russell Wilson has a decent chance. And we've seen a lot of quarterbacks bounce back who are strong Hall of Fame type quarterbacks bounce back in their 30s when they have a down season. So I think that was a it's a home run higher there, I think, for them. They don't care about the money. The, the the draft pick, I mean, it's not ideal, but whatever. You're, all your chips are in on Russell Wilson right now. And from Peyton's perspective, I think it's kind of a low-risk deal for him, honestly. Um, if you look at what happens this season, and this is something that I discussed as part of a Russell Wilson piece saying there was no reason for him to be cut now, like some people have been talking about. The Broncos basically have a free roll on him for this season because his salary was going to be fully guaranteed either way. They could cut him next season, next season, next off season. So think about it from Payne's perspective. 
and the range of outcomes here. The top, top range of outcome, of course, is that Russell Wilson is fixed in some sort of way. Maybe he doesn't put up MVP adjacent numbers, but he puts up good numbers. The defense is a strong defense. It was, um, let me see, according to my numbers, where they, they came out. I think if they faded a bit there, but they were very strong earlier in the season. They were like well within the top five. They finished the season for me. Actually, you know what? They finished the season about 12th or 13th, so not quite as – they definitely fell off a lot um, later on in the season. But still, below, um, you know, below average for sure type of defense there. They have weapons. Offensive line's okay, not great. Um, but Russ has been productive without a good offensive line in the past. Maybe you could say he was more mobile at that point, but we'll see. So things go well. Russ looks good. Sean Payton is – king of the world you know he's he's the he's the he's the he's the fixer he's worth every draft pick and every penny of the you know 20 plus million they're probably paying him a year to take to take this job and he adds to his resume and puts him in there people will be saying do we need to talk about sean payton maybe being the greatest coach of all time trust me you'll you'll, you'll hear takes like that um if that ends if that ends up happening if Russ muddles through and the team muddles through. That's probably the most complicated situation because then the Broncos have to decide, do we keep this guy on, which will then trigger a rolling guarantee more into the future, um, hold him for one more season, maybe muddle through again. Sean Payton has to muddle through again, potentially It'd get a little bit weird. Um, the second best scenario may be Russ completely failing. Because if Russ completely fails, I don't think people are going to say it's Sean Payton's fault. Um, it'd be much, it'd be very, very hard for him to be worse than what he was this last year. And the Broncos, despite putting so much into Russell Wilson, can you know can wipe their hands clean um, with Russ, can trade off pieces that they may have, can rebuild, and Sean Payton will be allowed. Hey everybody, this was a free version of a paid subscriber podcast at unexpectedpoints.substack.com. If you want access to the rest of the Q&A here, including all of my premium work here, we're talking about four or five articles a week and this weekly wrap-up podcast, please sign up at unexpectedpoints.substack.com. And if you cannot afford a subscription at this point, let me know. Either shoot me an email at unexpectedpts at gmail.com, send me a note or leave a comment on the Substack, or hit me up on Twitter at Kevin Cole, triple underscore. Let me know that you're experiencing some you know, financial hardship at this point. I will give you a no questions asked six-month subscription to the pod. You can get these premium podcasts and all of my other premium content. Thank you so much for listening. And more content coming your way next week.